You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Oh, Behave is brought to you by Swipe It. Literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. Go to SwipeIt.com. S-W-I-P-E-T-S dot com. It's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. This show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Ho, ho, ho! You know what? It is the holiday times. But when you really, really think about it, every day feels like Christmas. If you're lucky to share your life with a dog, the canine connection, it's magical. And capturing the wonder of woof on pages is our special guest. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he just unleashed another gem. It's called The Dogs of Christmas. I want us all to give pause and applause to Bruce Cameron. Hey, welcome to the show, Bruce. Hey, thanks for having me. I agree. You live with a dog. It is like Christmas, especially when they leave you a present that you wake (laughs) up to in the morning. And it only happens when you aren't wearing slippers, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a strategic placement. I know, I know. I have two dogs at my house, Chipper and Cleo. But folks, you know what? On today's show, Bruce is going to tell us the tale of a lonely man named Josh and how his world just gets upended, but in a great way, with the unexpected arrival of a dog named Lucy and a pack of pups. I read it, and I give it four paws up. If I was a five-legged being, I'd give it five paws up. And I think you will, too. So, everybody, just get comfy. You know the drill. We're going to sit and stay, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Pause up. I'm Arden Moore, and I'm here to tell you about a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. Right, Ziki? Right, Murphy? And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T-S. A simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have a New York Times best-selling author in the house. 
He has authored A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Journey, and his book, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Daughter, was turned into a TV sitcom and it starred the late, great John Ritter. Now he tackles this topic. Can a surprise litter of Christmas puppies really change one man's life? You're going to find out in Bruce's new book. It's aptly called The Dogs of Christmas. I read it last night. I'm one of those rare radio hosts, Bruce, that actually reads your book before you get on the air. So what do you think of that? That's fantastic. Sometimes they don't even read the cover. I know. That's sad. I mean, I've written 24 pet books because one day I'll be a Bruce Cameron, but it does make a difference. So before we get all going, there's a couple of websites, listeners, I want you to dash over to after we're done. The first one's easy. It's the guy's name, BruceCameron.com. But also check out AdogsPurpose.com. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. And our wonderful author, Bruce, is going to give away a signed autograph of his latest gem, The Dogs of Christmas. Just email Arden at Four-Legged Life and put Dogs of Christmas in the subject header. And my cool producer, Mark Winter, we're going to pick out a name. We'll dash it over to Bruce's people and they will personalize one of the books that I think is going to now be the third book in the New York Times bestselling list. That's my prediction. What do you think, Bruce? I think that sounds like a great plan, and I'm laughing that you're going to send it over to my people, who turns out to be me. But I'll, That's uh, our yeah, secret. My, Don't me, be saying Me and my that? people. I know, I know. I have my people, too. My people are me, myself, and I. Don't tell people that. You are your pretty... Well, you do share a home with a cool dog named Tucker, and I guess Tucker, in some ways, influenced you for writing this novel, The Dogs of Christmas. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Tucker is probably the most important person in the house. Yeah, you know, here's the story of Tucker, and it's it's really astounding. Tucker was dropped off at a shelter with his siblings, two brothers, immediately after birth. So these wow. these poor puppies were still slick with uh, afterbirth, if you will. I mean, and they were just thrown in this box and dropped off at a shelter where they spent the night outside in a box, just waiting for someone to show up in the morning. And when the rescue workers opened the box, they had a really bad feeling because, uh, you know, at a city shelter, they don't have the resources to sit and bottle feed newborn puppies. They just don't. So the general rule of thumb is if something like this happens, and it should never happen, but if something like this happens, then they have to euthanize the pups. But my daughter runs a rescue in Denver, and her focus is on saving animals who are uh, on death row, saving the ones that she gets a phone call saying, well, tomorrow it's up for this dog, and she'll go in and save that dog. And shows when my daughter got the phone call that they had these three puppies that had mere hours to live, she put it, those puppies together with a lactating female German shepherd who had just weaned her pups. Wow. And, and she's like, oh, great. I was done. And I was done. Another yeah. round? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the mom, <laughs> I, I don't know what they told the mom to explain what had happened. Probably. Yeah, you better tell you know, hey, the game was, there. That dog's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Again? <laughs> but, uh, but sure enough, the mom just settled down with a sigh. And though these puppies were much smaller than her other puppies, uh, her real puppies, her biological puppies, she nursed them until they were ready nice. to be adopted out. And that's how I came to adopt Tucker. He's a very special dog, and his story influenced the writing of the Dogs of Christmas. And the Dogs of Christmas, there is a, it's a little complicated, but it does start out with a pregnant dog being dumped on a man named Josh. And Josh is 
he's a bit of a hermit. He lives in the he lives in today's world, which means he's interfacing with people on his computer. He does right. that sort of thing, right. but he's less and less social because of that. And his girlfriend is no longer there, and he really pretty much is retiring from social life and becoming more and more insular. And when this pregnant dog shows up, it changes his life forever. Uh, he's never had a dog before. He doesn't know what to do. So the Dogs of Christmas tracks what happens when this guy, Josh, has this sudden invasion of puppies and this mother dog and then needs to uh, needs to come to grips with all of this, plus the fact that he's going to have to adopt out these animals, which is not something, if you've never had a dog before, the idea that you'd be visited upon by five puppies and a mommy dog <laughs> and then turn around and have to adopt them out, that is a pretty significant emotional roller coaster to be on. And well, that is Josh's yeah, well, story. I, yeah. You had the key word. It changed his life forever. And forever, to me, is much more powerful than forever. Don't you agree? I agree. This is, I always call the, the Dogs of Christmas is a love poem to, to rescue because it's really a story about how we rescue dogs and then they rescue us. Yep. And I love when he was asked what he does for a living, my favorite line, he's like a computer programmer, but you said he was a contract graphic user interface design and implementation. Boy, that's an elevator talk, isn't it? (laughs) Well, yeah, I had to make it real. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to do, and and really this tracks through all of my books, A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Journey. People tell me that, that the characters, including the dogs, seem very real. And that's that's kind of what I want to do with a book is I I introduce some fantastical elements sometimes in in a dog's purpose. The dog is reborn over and over again and reincarnated so that he remembers each of his previous lives. Well, that's a pretty fantastical element, but yet the dog himself seems very real to people because that's where I put my focus when I develop characters is just trying to pick up on the nuances of personality that make us all real people and real dogs. Well, I think the other element, and I'm not a New York Times bestseller, but I know a noun and a verb, and your dialogue has got some bite to it in a good way. I mean, the character Carrie, the animal rescue gal, she comes up with some pretty good gems to the character Josh, and there is kind of a volley back and forth between them, and I don't, I'm not, spoiler alert, going to say anything how everything turns out. But the little comments like reference to seeing all the pictures of his ex-girlfriend and calling it the Amanda Museum. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. Carrie's observation about Josh's life is critical and yet ultimately, you know, well-placed criticism and well-placed observations about what Josh has, has done, which is this sort of withdraw. And I'm I'm uh, really happy with the character of Carrie. She's based a little bit on my uh, my daughter, who uh, the one who runs the animal rescue in Denver. Because you know, frankly, people in rescue need to be a little forceful in their personalities. They need to, you know, they, they can't be so emotionally moved by every tragic or potentially tragic situation or they won't make it they ha- they yep. have to develop something of a of a tough shell and that then is, they would need to be rescued scary. they would need to be rescued yes. let's do a shout out to your daughter and the rescue in Denver that she is with yeah my daughter is Georgia Cameron and her rescue is life is better rescue in Denver and from what i understand that we're close to 2000 animals rescued 
so far since the start of her organization, and it's only two years old. So she has done amazing things with that special talent that she has for finding those animals who, through no fault of their own, find themselves uh, condemned. And she plucks them out. Very often, they need rehabilitation. They need socialization, or much more often, actually, they need medical attention, because that's what really puts the strain on the finances for the shelters. If a dog comes in and has a broken pelvis or has need for you know, a surgery of some kind, and the owner has said, well, I can't afford it, and just, and it just abandoned the dog and abandoned his own humanity at the same time. I really feel that that is where she can do the most good, because once the dog has had the surgery, nothing wrong with the dog. The dog can, can be adopted to a forever home where the people will love it and take care of it, and then that is just such a happy, completed circle on that particular story. So, yeah, Life is Better Rescue very much influenced the writing of The Dogs of Christmas. It's a story. Well, look, it's a story about puppies at Christmas. So I feel (laughs) that it's going to be heartwarming for anybody who reads it. Oh, it is. And you also have some jingles in this book. And I want, when we get back from taking a quick commercial break, I want you to, to give a little quick description of Lola, Oliver, Sophie, Cody, and Rufus, and also the lovely Lucy. So we're going to find out more about who these puppies and dog are after we pay for this show by taking a quick commercial break. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pause up. I'm Arden Moore, and I'm here to tell you about a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's Patent Pending Glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. Right, Ziki? Right, Murphy? And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T-S. A simple solution for shedding. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet hey, everybody. I'm Rachel Ray, and you're listening to OB Hayes with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OB Hayes. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I forgot what network we're on. We're on. Pe- I'm so mesmerized by Bruce Cameron and his great book, The Dogs of Christmas. I forgot where I am. This is Arden Moore, your host, and I do have a very, very important 60-minute kind of question to ask you, Bruce. What the heck is W. Dot Bruce Cameron? What's the W stand for? Please say witty. The W stands. It stands for www.wbrucecameron.com. <laughs> Really? I mean, you know, authors, there's something about using an initial. Don't you agree? Like some of the famous authors, you know, I've Scotch Fitzgerald. I mean, what's up here? Yeah, yeah. T. Jefferson Parker. Well, I've always been W. Bruce Cameron, though. I mean, from the uh, early days of my life, because my father's name was William. My first name is William. My grandfather's name is William. And for me, be called 
junior or the or third or whatever. That wouldn't work for me. So I was Bruce. I put the W in there just right away. It just seemed so natural. To, and um, I have to say the computers of America, and even before there were computers in America, the organizations just simply wouldn't let me go through life as Bruce. They wanted me to be William. And to this day, uh, with credit cards and everything, I really? get, you know, very sternly informed that I have to be William B. Cameron, that they cannot, the computers cannot accept W. Bruce Cameron. I go ahead and stick it in there anyway, anyway, because that's my name. And I do say to them, well, what if F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> was trying to get a credit card? Would you insist that his name is, I don't even know what Francis, like, I think it is. It's Francis S. What What the heck? So yeah, that's the, the big mystery cleared. It's William. William Bruce Cameron III is my full name, but I go by W. Bruce Cameron. You guys heard it first here on the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. Breaking news <laughs> just happened. I mean, I'm laughing because for 20 years I was an investigative reporter for Major Daily and all my colleagues were using their middle initial on their bylines, you know, Joseph P. Kahn and all these. Well, my middle name is Patricia. If I went Arden P. More on anything I wrote as a book or as a journalist and a newspaper, it would sound like I had some kind of bladder condition. So I had to lose <laughs> the P. So you're lucky yeah, you got a you W, not a P, and your name wasn't more. Yeah, I suppose. See, yeah, there I is good things right. in life. I'm delighted the dogs at Christmas. I hope we can also spill the beans. I understand you and your wife, Catherine, are teaming up to make this into a movie. That's right. We uh, we sold the, the rights to Fox 2000, and I believe they are the studio that did Marley and Me, so they know that dog books can make the trip successfully to dog movies. And so they hired us to write the screenplay. My wife is a screenwriter. I'm a screenwriter. We've got... Uh, a, a <laughs> That's few, better than a screenwriter. It's much better than being a screenwriter. That's absolutely true. Right. So uh, we wrote the screenplay and sent it in, and now they do what they do. They do their budgeting and hiring the director and everything. And we are shooting for Christmas 2015 for the release of The Dogs of Christmas as a movie. So oh, I would man. say to people, okay, don't wait for the movie. Go get the, get the book, book now. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's a, and it was really intended to be. The Dogs of Christmas is a gift book. I mean, if you look at it, it would fit in a stocking. It's mm-hmm. much cheaper than most best-selling books right now. And it's a story you can give your grandmother or your grandson because it doesn't have mature themes in it. It uh, doesn't have nasty language. It just has, you know, puppies, joy, Christmas, love, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, no, I I read it last night and I woofed out loud. I have two dogs, Chipper and Cleo, and my two cats even were interested in the plot line. So you had my cats (laughs) in the tree, so that's a thing. And as far as the Marley situation, I can tell you, I was a reporter at the Sun Sentinel with John Grogan, and his wife Jenny Uh worked over at the competing paper, the Palm Beach Post. I actually knew the real Marley. He was a hellion, but it was because John and Jenny are the nicest people on the planet, and they had this fast-growing lab, and they're like, oh, Marley, what would you like today for breakfast? What would you like to do in this fast-growing dog's like, what? Somebody have some structure here. <laughs> so I did go to the premiere in Hollywood and got to meet Jennifer Aniston, and we had Owen Wilson. So I guess we're going to have to get two other stars because we don't want this to sound like Marley and me when the Dogs of Christmas comes out on the movie. But I would love to uh, be included in your media list when uh, you become this hobnobber in Hollywood, and we'll come back and uh, we'll do an episode of Oh Behave with you guys hanging out with the 
Hollywood crowd. How's that? Oh, sure. That sounds like a lot of fun. And you know, we've got a movie coming out in the in the spring called oh. Muffin Top that Catherine and I wrote. And Muffin uh, Top it's called Muffin Top. Yeah, Muffin Top: A Love Story. It's oh. the story of a woman who is uh, growing up in America and being bombarded with images of women who are size zero. And, uh, you know, the thinking is that if you're not absolutely rail thin, then there's something wrong with you. She's got to cope with that and a marriage or a husband that dumps her for a younger, thinner, prettier model. And the dog, but here's the big news. The dog that's in the movie is Tucker, my dog. Really? the actual star of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, Tucker, Tucker. A- oh, that's awesome. What's in Tucker's contract? What kind of amenities, canine amenities, does Tucker request? Well, Tucker was, uh, there were some things that he was not allowed to do on set. The, one of the <laughs> locations, the woman who owned the house had a giant pet turtle Tucker felt that that turtle needed to have some one-on-one dog time, and we couldn't allow that. But, but uh, yeah, Tucker's, well, let's just put it this way. I was in the movie, and my scene got cut, but oh. Tucker stayed in the movie. So Tucker is a better actor than than I am. That's, that's apparently uh, the conclusion we can all draw. And that's well. Muffin Top. It's out there, too, at Muffin Top. There's a website, MuffinTopTheMovie.com. And, of course, on Facebook, Muffin Top is on Facebook. And it's also true that on Facebook, you can go to A Dog's Purpose on Facebook. And on A Dog's Purpose, we have 317,000 people hanging out, talking about their dogs and posting pictures and just doing all kinds of fun stuff. So that's a great place to come, too, if you want to be part of this whole big uh, dog community that we've got going on. That gives new meaning to Yappy Hour. You got it. You got Yappy Power going right now. That sounds good. Now, is Muffin Top, is that getting ready to be released or it's out or how can we get a chance to see it? It will be out in theaters February, March. We haven't nailed down the exact release date or the locations yet, but it'll have a limited theater release and then it'll be on video on demand. All of that is coming. You know, we salute you. All of us women who in dog years would be eight years or older, we salute you for this taking on this topic. <laughs> well, thanks very much. And I, this probably I bolstered your marriage, too. And I, I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what a man's would be if we have muffin tops. Are we bald tops? What would the guys... You know, consider? I think a man just feels like he's just got... You know, he just sucks in his stomach and says, I look good. That's that's how we handle it. <laughs> I've never seen a guy stand in front of a mirror and not suck in his stomach. We do the same thing when we step on a scales. We step on a scales, men will always suck in their stomachs. Really? And that really make makes a difference, difference, huh? No, it doesn't work at all, but we do it anyway. Well, we're speaking with best-selling New York Times and USA Today best-selling author, Bruce Cameron. He's here because his newest book is called The Dogs of Christmas, and he's been very generous. He's going to give away an autographed copy to a lucky listener who emails me, Arden, at Four-Legged Life, with, in the subject header, put The Dogs of Christmas. And our producer, Mark Winter, will gather up the winner and dash it over to Bruce, who will personalize the book and send it your way. Now, I know you're pretty big on dogs. You did have a cat in the book called Waldo. Any possibilities of going, oh my gosh, going to the feline side of the world? (laughs) Sometimes I feel like my, my book, The Dogs of Christmas, should be entitled The Dogs of Christmas Plus There's a Cat. Because yes. so I, have, I have so many people come up to me and say, well, wait a minute, what about cats? And I, and I say, there's a cat in there. There's, in fact, the cat is, cool. is one of the more comical characters in the, in the entire book. He plays a great part of socializing dogs. You know, I think we all know that when you have little dogs, that you need to get them out there mingling with other dogs and 
other people and children when they're young, so they'll be thoroughly socialized. And in this case, the rescue worker, Carrie, explains that the dogs are too young as puppies. They're too young to socialize with other dogs because they haven't yet had their shots, but they can socialize with a cat. So she brings out a cat named Waldo, and uh, Waldo teaches the dogs that they need to respect the cat. In fact, as these dogs make their determined, friendly assault on the cat who immediately puts them in their place, eventually the the little puppies become convinced that the best strategy is to just say to themselves, there is no cat. We don't see a cat. There's no cat here. We don't see any cat. And uh, (laughs) it's it's a funny part of the Dogs of Christmas because it's so real. You can just see it happening. Actually, on page 115, a little brief excerpt of that is they froze in utter shock staring at Waldo with wide eyes. When they twitched out their paralysis, they bunched up, massing together where the hallway joined the living room. Waldo stood in the center of the room as if in charge of the whole area, heads bobbing, sniffing at the air. The dogs seemed completely flummoxed as to their next move. I can just see a pack of little puppies going, what? (laughs) What are we supposed to do? This wasn't in the dog canine owner's manual. We don't have it in here. (laughs) What is going on? Let's do a little quick rundown on the personalities of the mother dog who takes on this litter and the quick a little rundown on the five dogs. I'll help you if you forget a name or two. Well, I know. I mean, Lucy's the mother dog, and she is so tolerant and uh, just such the perfect mommy dog, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that includes, you know, we've all seen this, Who have those of us who have had litters of, of pups. Eventually, the mother becomes pretty exhausted with the whole concept of nursing dogs. I mean, it just... Right. As they get close to being weaned, the dog's teeth start to hurt, and, they're, and the mother is like, oh, I'm, I've had enough. I've seen mother dogs just stand up in the middle of nursing, and the puppies are still clinging and just start <laughs> to walk away. It's like, okay, I've had it. I have absolutely had it. Yeah. But Lucy really bonds with Josh, and Josh is, of course, the, the protagonist, the hermit-like guy whose life is upended and then ultimately rescued by his rescue of these dogs. He really bonds with her. It's his first experience with a dog. They become so close. And, of course, there's some things that are going to happen that are going to surprise everybody in terms of that relationship. And then then the puppies. We've got Oliver the Explorer. And, and you know, I've, everybody has seen a puppy like this where he just isn't satisfied to stay where he is. He wants to wander. He's a wanderer. And he is going to head off down the hallway and, and around the corner. At the second you're not watching, him, he's on his way. Then there's Rufus and Cody, and the reason I say them together is that the two are inseparable for a very important reason, which is that Cody ultimately was born blind, and it takes them a while, of course, to figure this out. But because Rufus is so dedicated to his brother, Rufus is essentially a guide dog. And uh, this is uh, really sort of a metaphor for, for Josh and Carrie, the rescue worker, because Josh himself is a little blind. He's a little not receiving the right signals in terms of how he should be behaving in the world, his social life. He doesn't have one. And Carrie comes in and steers him along. Similar to the way that Rufus will bump Cody along in the right direction, Carrie comes along and causes Josh to reset. And really, I've seen blind dogs. I have experience because my parents' dog, Lacey, was blind. And the same thing happened with their dog, Luke. Luke and Lacey. Luke became Lacey's guide dog and would just you know, make sure that Lacey didn't get lost, make sure that Lacey didn't run into things that she didn't expect. It was a really wonderful relationship to look at. So 
That is the relationship with between Rufus and Cody. Oh. And then uh, there's the two girls, Lola and uh, Sophie. And Lola is the cuddle dog. She is the dog that just wants to be held. There's some puppies that, and Tucker really is like this. Tucker is a lap dog. Tucker is a dog that will always snuggle up to me no matter where I am, wants to be on my feet. He wants to literally put his head on my feet when he can. He wants to just be with me. If I'm getting up and moving around the night, he'll just get up and follow me around. And then there's the final dog is uh, Lola. And Lola is the dog that's in love with toys. You know, just wants, will accumulate a pile of toys. And I've seen dogs do this where it's, it's not so much a toy, it's all the toys. And uh, I know a lot of guys like that, too, by the way. Oh, think of some women with all these shoes in their closet. She's like the Imelda Marcos of canines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So Lola is the Imelda Marcos of puppies. And, and then what's interesting is matching these dogs and their personalities right. with the, the forever homes that they need to match up with as part of the dogs of Christmas is that the dogs have to be adopted out. By Christmas, but there's one of the big wrinkles. Josh ultimately decides he doesn't want to give them up, even though it's impossible for him to keep all these dogs. He's never had a dog before. Yeah, that's like zero to six. That's like a race car. He becomes yeah. so in love with these dogs that he can't give them up at all. And and then of course that's impossible. So this is uh, this is a hard lesson for Josh to learn, but it serves sort of as a as a larger lesson for all of us who have dogs in our lives. We want to keep them forever, and that's just not possible. Yes, dogs, cats, and other pets are forever in our hearts. You know, we're speaking with Bruce Cameron, the New York Times bestselling author. His newest book, The Dogs of Christmas, he's willing to give away a free signed copy. Just email Arden at Four-Legged Life and put in the subject header, The Dogs of Christmas, and our producer, Mark Winner, will work with Bruce Cameron and we'll get all your information and he'll dash out a book to you. You know, I really appreciate you being a guest on the show, Bruce. I know you've got a dash pretty soon. I've got to run, but I really appreciate being on your show. Thanks very much for having me. This has been really wonderful. Before we go, listeners, check out adogspurpose.com and brucecameron.com and keep your eyes peeled because Catherine, his wife, and Bruce will be uh, unleashing a movie. It's called Muffin Top, A Love Story. Look for it around uh, Valentine's Day. And then later in 2015, The Dogs of Christmas will be made into a movie. So keep that on your to-do must-watch list. So I thank you again. And I want to also do a shout-out to my producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show and every show on Pet Life Radio happen. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.